Hey, all you construction champions, it's Ron Nussbaum, and we're here for another week with another fantastic guest. Now, me and Josh just recently met each other in the Con Contractors Helping Contractors Facebook group. He's a rock star that I see on there helping other people all the time, and I reached out to have him come on the show. Josh, mm -hmm. it's great to have you here today. Thank you so much, Ron. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, this was this was pretty quick getting in the group last week. And then all of a sudden, here we are today. So I appreciate that. Hey, when you're doing amazing things, and I see people out there helping others move along that road, those are the people I want around me. Those are the people I want on the show talking about what they're doing, and the magic that they're making out there. So hey, Josh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background so the listeners can become familiar with who you are as well? Sure. So my name is Joshua Page. I'm a husband, I'm a father and an entrepreneur, first of all. Uh, I'm also a TEDx speaker. I'm a, a published children's book author with the book, What Does Your Daddy Do?, uh, which is getting kids involved with the trades. Uh, I own three electrical contracting companies in Massachusetts. I'm also a uh, proud C and D student. Uh, I didn't get any grades higher than a C. I was suspended three out of my four years in high school, and I never went to college. And uh, I'd have to say with 16 employees, we do probably $2 million a year in electrical work. I think we're doing pretty well without college. So for everyone that's listening, college is not the only option. You do not need to go to college to be successful in America. I think that's a great message there because, I mean, all too often we do hear, you know, in order to run a company or do this or that, yeah, you have to have this college education and have great grades, but that's not really what it comes down to. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that that does implement too, but I, I'm, I'm a high school educated individual. I, I didn't go to college. I mean, I went to the Marine Corps. So that education itself is a little bit different, Josh. Yeah. Uh, but I love the success that you're having, what you're doing with the employees and, you know, just building that company. That, that's amazing. Uh, we had a little bit of time to be able to talk there. I can't wait to dive into everything you're doing from writing the book to leading your company down the road here in 2023. But let's get started by asking the million dollar question is what makes a construction champion and what does it take to be one here in 2023? So in 2023, it needs to, you need to uh, make your employee employees feel felt. You have to listen to them and you have to you have to let them know that you're there to create a vision that doesn't yet exist. Uh, if you're if you're building a company with your one man show or you've got a few employees out there right now, you cannot run this company the same way that you did in January of 2020. There's just no way. Uh, the world and the universe has shifted since since COVID since 2020. Whether you like it or not, I think COVID actually did a lot of good for us. I think there was a lot of bad. Obviously, there was a lot of things going on, but the universe shifted for all of us. And people are not going to put up with stuff that we used to do in the trades, you know, even in 2020, even before that. Um, you know, you cannot be screaming and yelling at your people. You can't be telling them they have to do this. They have to do that. They have to stay late. There's no choice. Uh, it's just not going to fly. You're going to lose all your people extremely fast. 
And I know there's a lot of business owners that will probably listen to this and, you know, maybe they'll disagree, maybe they'll agree, but I'm telling you right now, you can't, you have to, you have to be empathetic. And honestly, I didn't know what that word meant until probably about five years ago. Um, mm. But you have to, you have to be empathetic to other people's needs and, and figure out where they're at and, and then work around it. Um, I have one employee that some days he has to bring his kid to school and some days he doesn't have to. So some days he can come in at eight, some days he can come in at nine 30. What am I supposed to do? Tell him, no, you have to be here at eight o'clock every single day. He's going to say, unfortunately I can't, and I'm going to leave. So we're very family driven. I get it. I have um, three kids of my own, two that are be me and my wife. Uh, we have two boys and then we um, took guardianship of my She's now 18, but it was my 50-year-old niece in 2020 who took guardianship. So I get it. You know, things are going to come up. And I don't want any of my employees missing any baseball games or basketball games or anything else because of work. You know, so we try to work around it as much as possible. Um, but I think mostly I feel everyone's still very confused out there. They don't know how to really lead at home. They don't know how to lead at work. They don't know how to lead as a coach, even in, you know, their kids basketball or whatever sports. And I think they need someone to look up to and you need to be that person and you need to notice when they're not quite right. Right. It's like something's going on. Like what's up with Steve today? You know, what's up with Earl? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I should go and talk to him before you'd be like, no, forget it. Like he just needs to work. Like, I don't care if his dog died last week. He needs to go to work. He needs to produce. We need to make money. We need to make profit. It's not going to work anymore. I'm telling you right now, you have to be empathetic. You have to let them know that, Hey, you have something going on. I'm here for you. Like not as an employer, not as a friend. I'm just here. Like if you just want to talk, if you just want to like scream and yell, if you just want to, you know, bitch and moan and complain, I'm here, you know, let's, let's do it. And what's going to happen when you start to make that shift is people are going to feel a deeper connection. They're not going to know why, but they're going to feel a deeper connection to you and be like, all right, you know what? This dude's here for me. Like, I'm going to be here for him, you know, or whatever it is that you're doing. I just think we need to be a lot more empathetic and, and, and making people feel felt because there's just so much confusion and anxiety in the world still that people don't really know where they belong if that makes sense yeah that makes a lot of sense what what would you say to the the people that would disagree with that how how do we start to get people on board with that message in the construction industry i think i think um i think you should go ahead and try to find out and then you'll be left with one person in your company it's going to be you because people mm -hmm. aren't going to do it they're just not um we saw a major shift that, that I noticed in my company, along with just, just kind of keeping my eyes and ears open during, during 2020. And during 2020, we were a little scared. We were frightened. We didn't know what was going to happen in the world. Construction seemed to still pick up, especially in 2021. Uh, a lot of stuff, everyone was home. Everyone's working from home. Everyone's getting paid. Everyone's making a lot of money. You know, it's like, all right, we're going to do our kitchen over a remodel or addition or whatever. So everyone had all this money. Um, so employees didn't want to make more money because they already had enough money. Hmm. What I was starting to notice is that people wanted more time because I think they've realized with COVID and everything else happening in the world that, that life is very short. 
and they wanted more time and they didn't really care when it came. You know, it was, I'm going to come in late today because I'm bringing my kid to school or I'm going to leave early today because I've got to go to my daughter's recital. And you're like, well, you know, you're going to make like $100 an hour, $150 an hour on overtime and this and that. And they're like, yeah, I really don't care. You know, I want, I want time. <clears throat> 2022, I think I saw a little bit more of that as well. 2023, um, the end of 2022 to 2023 now, it feels like people are starting to want money again because we're getting a little wor worried about the economy. Mm. But I still think time is a big major aspect for employees. You know, they, they just want time, whether that's more vacation time or sick time or leaving early or maybe working four twelves and having Friday off or something, you know, what, whatever, or four tens and having Friday off. Um, whatever it is, you've, you've got to be flexible. And I think a major industry has nothing to do with construction, but a major industry that I think felt this was the restaurant industry. Because if you weren't flexible to the customer's needs, you failed. But the restaurants that found a way to do takeout or delivery or, hey, my restaurant's closed, but we can still, you know, maybe we can have alcoholic drinks outside or outside seating or something. Those restaurants seem to do very well. Everyone that was very rigid and not flexible, they're not even open anymore. And mm -hmm. I think in the construction industry, we, we have to do the same thing. We have to, we have to be flexible. Yeah, that made, that made sense. So having you, you're running three companies and creating this flexibility in your culture to be able to do this. And I know, you know, the pushback that I could hear is like, we're not going to be able to hit on numbers and stuff. How are you addressing that and still hitting your goals as you continue to grow these companies and hire people? How do you create that culture of flexibility, but at the same time, create that profitability that comes with having a business? So before, before 2020, right, everyone's, you know, have to work hard. You got to do this. We, we have to make our numbers. We only had 50 hours for the project. You're at 45, you know, you know, I'm going to write you up, whatever else. It doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. So what I figured out a way is to reward for good behavior that I want done. All right. So have you ever heard the, the Pavlov's dogs? You ever heard that, that story of Pavlov? Pavlov's? Yes. So but I don't know if our I don't know if our listeners have. Yeah. So, so real, you know, real simple, real simple and quick. The way that the story goes is Pavlov would notice that um, every time he would feed his dogs, they would start to drool because they were getting fed. So then eventually he would ring a bell and feed his dogs and his dogs would drool. And then he took the food away, but rang the bell and still noticed that his dogs would drool. So what we do is we want to reward good behavior. So what I do is, is um, with, a, with a profit and loss sheet that I've created over the years, and it's actually another separate business that I have called contractormoneyblueprint.com. And that, um, that helps contractors, you know, increase their cash flow, their profit margins, and to truly know their numbers. Um, what we do is if my employees, and this number works for me, it might not work for everyone, but if my employees mm -hmm. get, when they do a project and we come in at 35% or more net profit, which is absolute, you know, that's it. Everything else is paid, materials paid, labor's paid, everything's done. If it comes in at 35% or more, I give them 5% of that profit. Mm. So it makes them want to work that much harder without being down their throat that they need to work that much harder. 
So I reward them. And the way that I reward them is that 5% bonus, but I also put it in a gold envelope. And the reason for the gold envelope is because I want them to start to drool. I want them to see the gold envelope and know that that's a bonus. And more importantly, I want other employees to see that gold envelope and wonder why they're not receiving a gold envelope. Because that gold envelope has a live check in it. We don't do direct deposit on the bonuses. We want them to have a live check that they have to physically go to the bank in cash or deposit because there's something psychologically in our brains that puts that with money, with reward, with working harder. This is what it is. And it's something to show off. They could show their girlfriends, their wives, their husbands, whatever it is. Um, So any chance that I can reward good behavior for stuff that I want, that's what I do. I try not, honestly, I probably have yelled once or twice in the last 12 years of my employees. Um, I, I don't yell, you know, I teach something goes wrong. Just like yesterday, something went wrong with one of our generators. I took pictures. I sent a text. I talked to my electrician about it. This is what we should have done. This is how we're going to move forward. Okay, great. Sorry about that. Was the customer happy? Yeah, no problem. I handled it. It's a learning, you know, everyone's learning. We're educating each other. I'm not perfect. Um, and neither are they. So you can't demand perfection, but we can learn from each other and we can educate and then reward for the good behaviors that you want. I love the gold envelope and giving that check out that way, because we really do with direct deposit and everything, it becomes, everything becomes so transactional that pay and like all you really see is you're giving up your time and then money shows up in your account like there's not that correlation of it ever really being real but given that bonus in that envelope adds a realness to it and then like you said the ability to be able to go and brag about it show it to your wife your girlfriend your friends other other people that you work with of hey yeah here I got my gold envelope. Where's yours? And I I can see how that creates a culture of what you're talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, 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 it does wonders. Even um, I got the idea from a good friend of mine, Derek Acker, which is in the contractors um, Facebook group too, but he does a prize wheel at every, every single month they do a prize wheel and uh, he gives out prizes. So, you know, hundred dollar home Depot gift cards or, Mm -hmm. you know, a day off or whatever else. So we came up with almost the same thing where we reward good behavior. So you get a ticket for every day that you don't call out of work, or you get a ticket for every day that you, for every project that you got a bonus on, or if you filled out your notes correctly, or if you filled out your driving log correctly, you get a ticket. And at the end of the, at the beginning of every month, we have a prize wheel. And uh, I set a budget of like $400 in prizes. uh, And then we put that on the board. So whoever, is doing what I want to be done gets a ticket and then they win prizes. You know, it's fun. Um, it's interactive. It's different. And, uh, you know, there's some good prizes there, but it's, it's rewarding good behavior instead of constantly pointing the finger at bad behavior, because who likes to get the point, the finger pointed at them, you know, it makes you feel like you're sitting in the principal's office. Like nobody likes that, you know, but we do yeah. enjoy, um, praise for mm-hmm. good behavior. Right. Yeah, absolutely. How how did the I, I love what you're talking about there and what you're doing. How did the implementation go? Like when you first started rolling this stuff out, how how was that received? Because a, a lot of times we can see kind of a netic of opinion from employees when we start to roll stuff out 
Uh, and how do you stay consistent with it? And how how do you have that? How have you built that culture? I guess would be the question I'm asking to get to get right into it. Yeah. So for the gold envelopes, you know, I I always had this sheet that I created for my own business. That way I knew if I was profitable on every single project or not. And mm-hmm. then I, I was just thinking about it. I said, there's got to be a way that I can start rewarding them. How else can I do it? So I, I came up with a figure that of 35%, like if it's over 35%, I'm giving up 5% to my employees if they do well. So I still have 30% profit still left in, in that project. But I think as an, as employers and business owners is, is we forget the value of a $20 bill or a hundred dollar bill, right? We, if we're dealing with thousands of dollars every single week or millions of dollars every single year, we kind of lose the value of a hundred dollar bill. Right. I, I know that might sound like, I don't know the word, but it might, it might sound like we're, we're like this big rich people We're we're not, but it just, it doesn't have the same value. But when you give mm-hmm. an employee, a hundred dollar bill or a $200 check or a $500 check for doing their job. They didn't really do anything more. I mean, yeah, they worked harder. Right. But all of a sudden a week later or two weeks later after that project's done. And then all of a sudden they have a check for $487. They're like, Oh my God. And, and it's a real live check. Like that's a lot of money to them. A lot of money, even an extra $80 is a lot of money, you know? So it took a little bit, but I think once we start started handing out the checks and saying, hey, or even before the checks, we talked about the projects. I said, hey, if you do this project instead of 50 hours, you do it in 28 hours, you're going to get a bonus. Well, now they have something to strive for. They have something to work towards. So that helped a lot. The prize wheel, um, it was kind of funny because uh, based on my friend, Derek, he, he wanted me to, um, for, for, <laughs> for anyone who got the least amount of tickets, you had to uh, have a Kermit the Frog puppet and you had to talk like Kermit the Frog for the whole meeting. And um, so I heard through the grapevine of my own employees that that they said, I'm not going to wear that stupid puppet. And, you know, if I'm wearing the puppet, then I guess it says whatever it wants because the puppet has its own mind. So I can say whatever I want in the meeting. And I'm like, oh God, here we go. So I ixnade the puppet. (laughs) So I was like, I'm not even going to give them the chance to ruin this. (laughs) Um, but the prizes are fun. To be honest, I spent like, I spent like $250 on some really good prizes last week. And then I literally bought like a $10 grilled cheese maker and everyone wanted the stupid $10 grilled cheese maker from Walmart. I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) Nobody cared about the $90 hole saw or the Sawzall blades or the $100 uh, five guys gift card. Like they wanted the $10 stupid grilled cheese maker. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes you just can't predict what's going to be the popular thing. But uh, I love what you're talking about. Being proactive with the listening and understanding like that you're hearing, this isn't going to be received well. And then you just pull that element out but continue with the grand vision of what you want to have implemented and continue on with that. So I have to ask, it, the, the kids book, what was the motivation for that? And I love that. I have a four, I have a four-year-old son. He loves construction because I he's been brought up around that. But what what was the driving force to write the kids book? Yeah, so I've been doing a lot of career day speaking for probably the last five or six years, and it's always been with high schoolers. You know, there's usually you got 30 minutes to speak. There's usually about 15 of them in the class, 
and I loved it. You know, we, we, we interacted a lot. I would, I would tell my whole backstory, which I haven't even said in here yet. We don't have the time for it. Um, but we just, we, you know, it was, it felt good, but then I would, I would leave and I'm like, I don't think I'm making a big enough of an impact. I think only like four kids from there are really listening to me. I, I just, I wanted to make a bigger impact. So I started thinking about writing a book. And I started thinking about the high schoolers, I started thinking about my wife's daycare. And I was like, high school's too old, daycare kids are too young. Seventh and eighth grade is that awkward time of puberty and liking girls and boys. And you know, yeah, it's kind of awkward. I'm like, you know what? I think third to sixth grade is like that's a perfect age to plant the seed in a young mind about the trades. Because everyone knows about a doctor. Uh, firemen, police officers, mm-hmm. but nobody even knows what a carpenter is unless you literally had somebody in your family. You know, if you had an aunt, an uncle, a grandfather that worked with wood or was a carpenter, then you know what that job is. But otherwise, no one talks about the trades. No one knows about that. Mm-hmm. So then, then COVID hit and we shut down the company for two weeks and I, I can't sit still. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to write this book. So I wrote the book. And then I said, this sucks. This is awful. And I just saved it on Microsoft Word. And then in 2021, I, I came across it again. I was like, oh, what's this? So I started reading it. And just something in my mind said, you know what, Josh, this book isn't for you, no matter how much you think it sucks. This book is for that young boy or young girl that's confused, that doesn't know what they want to do, that wants to learn more, and maybe could be the next best electrician or the next best plumber. And I said, you know what? I'm putting it out there. So I put it out to edit. I put it out to a publisher and we got picked up and uh, it came out June of 2022. It's done really, really well. And uh, my second book just got picked up from the same publisher. It's what does your mommy do? And it's about uh, a mom that's an electrician and she's telling all the kids at career day at school uh, what an electrician does, but as, from as a mom, as a female perspective, instead of the dad. I love it. And that it, it's so true when you when you talk about everybody knows what doctors and lawyers and all of, like those, those other areas, everybody knows what they do and everything. But construction is the backbone of America and people don't even mm-hmm. understand as they grow up what that is, unless you're around somebody that that's what they do. And it's pretty amazing. Because because college is shoved down all of our throats from a very young age that uh, the the entryway to success is college. You must attend college to be successful. Don't otherwise you can be a loser. What what do you want to work in the trades? We want to be a janitor. Like it's it's always college, college, college. And that's not just in the United States because I've done podcasts in Paris. I've done um, uh, I've been on uh, an Instagram. Uh, an Instagram live with um, mom, Muslim moms in Europe um, and then also in Egypt. And this is a worldwide issue, worldwide, that nobody talks about the trades. No one talks about getting it. It's always college, 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 higher education, higher education. You must be a doctor to be successful. You must go to college to be successful. And, you know, the, the student loan debt right now in the United States is $1.3 trillion trillion you know and half of these kids will come out of college and still not know what they want to do you know it's 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 so sad you know and college the reason why i say college is not the only option because we do need people to go to college to become doctors accountants lawyers we need all that 
You don't want this guy to be your heart surgeon, right? We need that. <laughs> but for the kids that aren't going to college, that college is not for them, that they like to climb trees when they were younger or, or fix their dirt bike or whatever else. Okay, well, now here's another option. You know, like I always say, you want to go to college, great. Want to go to military, awesome, fully support you. Uh, if you want to get a job, that's okay. But what about, what about, hey, you like building with Legos, why don't you become a plumber or a carpenter or you like doing makeup or something, why don't you go to cosmetology? Like all of these trades mm -hmm. exist, but no one talks about them. No one knows about them. Yeah, absolutely. I love what you're talking about. Today, it has been fantastic having you on. You truly have a great mission and a great outlook on everything. And I love what you're doing at your company. And, you know, I can just see it in my mind when those golden envelopes come out, what that, <laughs> what that morale is like at your company. It's got to be absolutely amazing, Josh. They love it. They love it. So where, where can people find you if they're wanting to connect with you or have a conversation? Where's the best place for uh, people to reach out to Josh? So I'm, I'm all over the place. Uh, so you can, you can hit me up on Facebook. Um, uh, you can buy the book from Amazon. What does your daddy do? You can check out my other business, which is contractormoneyblueprint.com, which is helping small contractors to know their numbers, truly know their numbers, um, stop competing against themselves, increase their cash flow, increase their profits. Um, you can, my, I'll give you my email address. We'll do jp at joshuapage.pro. And um, yeah, I, I look forward to it. I, I hope everyone listening uh, gets a lot out of this. And I appreciate Ron for inviting me on here. And, and just thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for being a guest. And all you construction champions out there, Josh's information will be in the show notes. Don't hesitate to reach out or go check out what he has going on. There was a lot of fire that was dropped in today's episode, and we would love it if you would like and subscribe and share Construction Champions with everybody out there. Because at the end of the day, we can't have the impact that we're going to have throughout the entire industry without each other and opening the doors so we can have these conversations. So until next Monday, Go out there and be a construction champion.